Hello, beautiful woman. Welcome to the virtual lounge of the single women society. I am your host and dating coach and matchmaker, uh, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to the show. I'm honored to have you here. Oh, my love. So I have this incredible woman to bring to your beautiful, lovely ears today. She has been on a journey and I tell you what, you know how, when you meet someone for like the first time and there's something like you would just have this immediate connection and it's kind of what I talk about with dating. Like when you meet someone and you can talk for hours, like this is what I feel like about our guest today, her and I, we'd never met before the moment she came on, we had this instant connection. And I really do feel that this show could have been ours. <laughs> and I'm just so honored that I had her here on the show, that she opened up her heart to all of you. Let me introduce Christina to you. So Christina Flock, she's a celebrity makeup and hair artist. Christina Flock is creator and CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup. She makes these amazing lip glosses. I already told her that I need some of those. And I'll make sure and put that all in the show notes for you, all of the lovely links. Her work is inspired by her love for beauty, fashion, music, and art. And she channels these passions into her goal of making her client look and feel beautiful on the inside and out. Her previous clients include actress Hillary Swank, former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, 27th White House Press Secretary Dana Perino, Senator Ted Cruz, Forbes Magazine, and the New York Times, and many, many, many others. So Christina was married to professional tennis player Ken Flock up to his death after a brief bout of sepsis in 2018. Since then, Christina has been dedicated to raising public awareness of the danger of sepsis and has partnered with Sepsis Alliance to produce awareness campaigns highlighting Ken's story. Christina has, has spoken about the topic on notable news sources such as Fox News, KTVU, NBC Bay Area, Tennis Channel, ABC Bay Area, or NBC Bay Area and ABC. You go, Christina, and CBS. She covered all the networks. She has an incredible story. And I'm excited that she's going to share it with all of you. And yeah. So ladies, please help me welcome Christina Flock to the show. Well, welcome Christina to the podcast. I'm so honored to have you here. And oh I my gosh, thank you for having me. I really hope that uh, our listeners will check this out on YouTube too, because you are just beautiful. Oh, I'm just, I'm just. I'm, I'm so excited to roses. have you here. <laughs> so I, Christina, I, you have such an incredible story to share. And so I, it's when I was preparing for this interview, I was like, gosh, where do I begin? Because there's, I believe in the power of makeup. I can't even tell you. I wrote a book that was called kick-ass red lipstick because oh, I love that. Uh, women, there was like the stigma with wearing red lips. And so just, it's about taking your power back. Right. So it's like, I, I felt like I could, we could talk about makeup. We could talk Absolutely. about, we, talk we about could talk everything. about all of it. So yes, let's, let's, let's just dive in and just talk about, let's talk about your journey as far as 
what's led you to the path that you're on today. And however you want to start with that, because I, I know you're a makeup artist, you're a makeup artist of the stars. You've have a lot of amazing clientele. So there's a lot of stories to tell and all of that, but I feel that the, really the core of your passion and what you do is really important. So however you want to just go ahead and, and start introducing yourself to the audience. Okay, well, my name is Christina Flack, as you mentioned, and I am the CEO and of Pretty Girl Makeup, and I'm a celebrity makeup artist. I'm the mother of five. I'm uh, evidently I've become a grief expert, which I am shocked with, but I yes, um, and I also am a sepsis awareness advocate and a philanthropist. So, yeah, I'm a lot of yeah. Things. You are a lot of things, and you I'm are. So you have, you're mostly an empty nester. You still have one, one child at home. Is that correct? I do. I have one here right now. He's uh, not feeling so good today, but he's in bed. Yeah, no, it's all good. I love it. Are you kidding? I have Nikolai home. I'm so like, yay. my (laughs) Yeah, that's yes. So you have, so you have been through now just for our single women, just to kind of like give them a little bit more of a background. So were you, um, so your kid's dad, were you married? Were you, have you gone through a divorce? Has that been part of your story? uh, Yes. I was married for 18 years to my kid's dad and we had five children and our son Bo passed away on Christmas day when he was four and a half months old. He is a twin of my son, Ben, his name was Bo. And so we, unfortunately got divorced after that, but we are still a family. Uh, we still co-parent and he will always be my family and I, I will always love him. Um, it just really did break up our marriage. Uh, it wasn't the most solid marriage to begin with. And I think the loss of a child, um, really just was the nail on the coffin. I've read statistics that 90% of marriages fail after the loss of a child. So it probably wasn't surprising, but, uh, after, my, we got divorced. I remarried to uh, Ken Flack, who was a professional tennis player. Uh, he was number one in the world with his partner, Rob Seguso, and uh, won a gold medal. And he was an amazing, amazing man. And he made me smile and helped heal my heart after my son died. Now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, Ken passed away on March 12th of 2018. And I can't believe it's like going to be four years that my husband is gone. It's crazy. Uh, it feels like five seconds ago and that I, he could walk in the room and I, it would be normal, but then it also feels like it's been a million years. It's, it's, it's a weird thing with death. Uh, it is. There's, it, it comes and goes. And I think you don't really learn to, you don't get over the loss of someone. You learn to manage it because there's good days, there's bad days. There's little things that shockingly will trigger you and you just don't know, expect it or know when, but uh there's also a beauty in knowing that I had big love and how lucky I was. Yeah. Your energy, just talking about your late husband, like just watching you on the screen, like, <sighs> like you just completely, you do light up. Uh, yeah. So it's, you have been through a lot of grief, grief of losing a marriage, grief of losing a son, and then the grief of losing your husband. And so when you, when you lost, cause I, a lot of women would, 
I shouldn't say a lot. Some women, when they go through these major life turning events, which you could, you could argue that you've been through many. Yeah. On top right? of my mother and my business partner a year after my husband died. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot. <laughs> so, but you keep, for what I know of you, you keep going and you keep pushing. And some women who have been through all these changes will find themselves in a state of not really struggling to find motivation, especially when you lose a husband and you find yourself single, a lot of women, one of the things that I try to teach them is to not throw themselves back out there, to not throw themselves back into dating, to, uh, be able to spend some time with yourself and then to, to ease themselves into the process of putting themselves out there. Because I feel that there are voids that we try to fill with people that, that sometimes we need to spend some time and fill on our own. So when you part of the love that the work that, that you're doing is not only helping people with grief, but with sepsis. And so when you lost your husband, explain to us like the motivation and the drive to really put yourself out there more to be more of an advocate versus sinking into yourself and trying to find quick solutions to your problem. Okay. So I think after my husband died, I was in such shock. And I remember I kept telling everyone, I just want to feel normal. I just want to feel normal. Yeah. And my normal is my husband. Right. Uh, right. And I remember my agent called me and like the day after the day that he died and, and just said, you know, what can I do? And I said, book me a shoot. And I don't care who it's with. I don't care how much I get paid. I just, my normal was when I'm on set, that's my normal happy place. And I thought, as soon as I get there, I'll feel normal again. And I totally didn't, but I kind of needed to figure that out. I think it's so shocking when someone dies as quickly as Ken did. Uh, he died, we called the doctor Wednesday, Thursday, he was on life support and Monday he died. So it's just so like, wait, what? We just had sex on Saturday. Like, how's this happen? He's right here. Like, it, it was crazy. And I can't believe I said that, but I did. Um, <laughs> but I, I think... I knew after my son died, I went into such a dark place and that I knew that I couldn't do that again for my kids' sake, because for them to have gone through the loss of their brother, the divorce, the loss of Ken, who they absolutely adored, mm. if I was a mess or down that dark hole, it was going to affect their lives. And I could not do that to them. The least I thought I could do was be strong for them and set a good example and try to, it's not like I was happy or putting on this act like I was happy. I was just on this path of, okay, don't get too hungry. Don't get too thirsty, work out and get some rest. Because I knew that if I could do those things, I could at least try and function at a decent level. Um, and I remember, I think it's so funny, our culture, we're so ill-prepared to deal with death and- oh. We just yeah. don't know. And it's so funny. People think that I'm some freak that my husband died. And it, and yes, my husband did die sooner than most husbands, but everyone's husband's going to die. And right. people don't realize it. it's not like, oh, well, if my husband died, no, no, it's not an if it's a when. And also I think that 
I remember I was out on a trail hiking one day and I, I could hear my husband speaking to me and, and he was saying how horrible it is for him to be looking down on me crying in bed and he can't comfort me the way he normally did. And we used to make jokes when we were, when he was alive, like, like if anything happens to one of us, we want the other one to be flipping miserable forever. And <laughs> the Larry David show of, oh, it's eternity. Oh yeah. No, it's forever. It's like 50 lives. Right. So, I remember, so I remember watching that episode with Ken and he was like, all right. And we just laughed about it. And then I remember he wrote me a card and said, okay, fine. You get eternity. And so <laughs> it oh was gosh. so cute. It was so cute. And so I just thought, you know what? I don't, how awful would it be for me to look down on Ken miserable or my kids miserable about me? So the, I thought the least I could do was try to make, do good things for others to make them happy and then try and make me happy. And so I do miss him all the time. I do. And you know, it's my birthday and Valentine's day this weekend. Oh my gosh. And he was so great about making my birthday and Valentine's day special because it was so funny. Our first date was on February 12th and then it was my birthday and then it was Valentine's day. And every year he'd be like, Jesus, these three days cost me a flipping fortune. I have to have cards for the anniversary, the birthday, the Valentine's day. I need to have gifts. I need to set up Aww. dinners. It was always like this huge, like he would, yeah. my husband was a uh, charmingly grumpy. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Yeah. He was charmingly grumpy and you know, he just was, and he'd be like, Oh, Chris Flack, like these cards, like, you know, we, we always did a thing of, we'd have a funny one. And, and like a mushy one. And so we would get, we always do all these cards. So it was, it was really beautiful and it was fun. And, and so my daughter, Melania, my oldest daughter had said to me after Ken died and I was such a mess. I was sitting in my office and she came in and she goes, mommy, you just have to be grateful for the time you had with daddy. You just do, you can't be, you can't go down this dark place. You can't just be so mad at the world. And, and she was right. So I think that's helped me kind of heal as well as just being grateful for having my son for four and a half months, having Ken for eight years, it wasn't enough. And I remember he had got this picture of us down in Cabo and he had written on it. I hope in our next life, you find me sooner so you can love me longer. And I just thought, I found that after he passed and I, I, I was like, oh my God, did he know? Like, did he know this was gonna happen? And so I just think this is lot part of life, unfortunately. People come into our lives and that's why it's so important. I can't stress it enough how important it is when you find the one you love, fucking love the hell out of them. Love them with every speck of your being. And don't be scared and move. If you have a past, move past it, you know, but 
because you don't know how long you have and you don't want to look back and go, oh my God, I met this great person and I didn't give them a chance or I didn't love them enough. You don't want that regret because that is a, a terrible regret to have. I know that I love my husband with every cell of my body and I know he loved me. So I have no regrets about anything of him. I don't. We were always together and I don't regret that. And so I think you know, find, you know, starting to date again and meeting new people, it, it you know, it is hard um, because you're, because you're just trying to find the one that, that gets you and makes you laugh, makes you right. feel special and, and wants to stand still with you. Mm, wants to stand still with you. Yeah. Wants to, stand that's still, powerful, right? Well, I stole that from sex in the city, but it's true. It is so true. Um, she, said I that. Just... she said that to Mr. Big, she said, I just, will you please stand still with me? And I just oh thought, gosh. wow, that was such a profound thing to say because there are so many people. It's so interesting at, at, at well, my age that get divorced. Uh, and I have friends that are men. So it's, I'm not talking about people I've gone on dates with or anything, but they don't want to be committed again. They don't want to get married. They don't want to live with someone. They don't really, they want to keep doing this serial dating thing. And I just find yeah. that so like, I think it's a waste of time, A. B, I don't want to have to open up myself to people that I, I just feel, I wish people, men and women out there, if you're going out with someone, just make it clear, like what your deal is. Like tell the people the rules. Do you want a relationship? I, I did yes. this, right? I yep. did this TV show. I have a client, Amber Kelleher. She's uh, a matchmaker. She's in like, uh, you know, on the airplanes, you see those two blonde ladies in the back. Yeah, of the actually. Yeah. Cause I, um, I just recently introduced matchmaking into my business. So I, yeah, I do know oh, who she is. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she's my client and we were doing a TV show one day and she was asking people. So you, you can ask anyone, anything in a nice way. Um, first of all, she said, ask someone, are you in a relationship? Because sometimes there's people out there that are married in a relationship. And what they always say is, well, they didn't that the person didn't ask me if I was in a relationship. That's so crazy. That's so even I know thing. it sounds yeah. crazy to normal people like us, but if that's no, out you're there. right. Right. So if, if someone, it shouldn't offend anyone that question. Um, and then the next question she said is, do you want to be in, you know, do you want, it's not like the first thing you say, but it's in the conversation, right. you're like, yes. you know, do, do you want to be in a relationship or, or, you know, not. And right. Another question that I always ask people is, so what did you learn from your last relationship? Yes. Yes. And it's so interesting. I've had friends, I've, I've, Ken and I used to do this. It was like our favorite question to ask people of like what we would talk about everything. What was, what did you learn? And we were out one day and my friend's now husband said, oh, well, I would, we all said something that we like, I, I, you know, I would listen more. I'd make more effort. I would you know, go out to dinner, whatever. And, and this person said, oh, well, I would just pick better the next time. And Ken and I were like, when the, per, the guy ran, went to the bathroom after he said that, Ken said to my friend, girl, run for the hills. Right. Because if, if, so, and if people yeah. can't take some accountability um, for the demise of a relationship, that's a big fat red flag right there for me. Oh, I agree. I agree. They, right? I mean, I can, I can, it takes two. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and not, and then I, I have someone that is in my life that, you know, he got divorced and blames himself for the whole thing. And I, mm. and I said, you know, sweetie, here's the deal. It takes two. 
It's not all your fault. And, and sometimes someone else's behavior triggers something in you to go do something else that probably wasn't so appropriate. But it is, I take full responsibility of not, you know, I take half the responsibility of the demise of my marriage to my kid's dad. I just have to. Right. I, I, it's, it's not fair. Um, and, you know, with Ken, I take responsibility for things that I wasn't perfect about or that I wasn't patient with him about or whatever. I, I, Ken and I, I mean, that's one thing that I've learned to do, I think, pretty well is say, I'm sorry. I have no problem saying I'm sorry or I was wrong. It's not a big deal. Because once you do that, the whole problem's done. It's like, it's like diffused. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to just for, you know, your past is in your past, move on. You know, it, 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 sometimes people come into your life. What is it for a minute, a season or a lesson? And you just have to know that things didn't work out. Let it be in the past and move on and learn from it and grow and and do things differently in the next relationship. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned. And and I'm sorry, go. No, one of the things that I always tell women is that when they, when something doesn't work, I always, I always say, well, did you learn something about yourself in this, like this potential? Like, what did you Mm -hmm. learn about you? Like, did you learn a red flag? Did you learn? Oh, I really like this. Did you like, what learning opportunity did you have from that? And every no is one step closer to the yes. Right. And then another thing is what, what did you like about that relationship? What did you, what did you love about it? I was chatting with a friend last night and he had asked me, what did you like about the person you were seeing before? And I thought, wow, that's a really great question to ask. It is a great question. It was a great question. It wasn't like, what didn't you like, but what did you like? And, uh, you know, what did you learn and what would, would you wish was different? So, I mean, that's, it's so great when you can meet someone that you can have like deep dialogue with and it's open. That's one thing that my husband was. He was so open. He would talk about anything. I mean, I would make jokes. I'm like, you have Tourette's, no filter and no boundaries. But he was so, he was so open and he would talk about the, he, nothing was, there was no walls up. You know, I've, I, I was, I've been in a relationship with someone for over two years and we're not together right now. And it's complicated. And, but he has these walls up that are just like 50 feet thick and a hundred feet high. And it's like, it's really hard to be in a relationship with someone like that, especially when I'm totally open and exhausting and exhausting. It's so exhausting where you're sitting there, like with the, with the chisel, like trying to like make some kind of headway and you you're just constantly, there's another brick that goes up in its place. Right. And it's like, you know, I really thought that I could hold place and love this person enough that that he could get through what he needed to get through. And I had a really bad habit of when things got bumpy, I'm like, I'm out of here. I bolt. Mm. I just take off. Literally, I go jump on a plane and go somewhere. And so I have, that's one thing I've learned in this past relationship I've been in. No more bolting. And I, you know, he actually lives in the building next door to me, which has been fantastic when things are good, but now, that actually forced me to have to not bolt because he's right mm, there. Right. And it was, it was really good. It was a really great lesson for me to uh, f- force me to, to work on things. And, and yeah. because I really wanted to, I really wanted things to work out. If you spend that much time with someone, especially after all I've been through, the last thing I want is to start over or, or it be 
not feel I tried. I tried as much as I can, but you know, the, if the other person has walls up and isn't ready and isn't capable, I mean, there's nothing you can do. No, you know, there's, there's no magical text or conversation or formula to no. And then it just gets to the point where you're like, okay, I've been patient. I've been kind. Uh, it's getting to be unhealthy at this point for yeah. me just to keep waiting and hoping and, you know, tolerating receiving crumbs when I'm giving out loaves of 50 feet bread. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I hope, I hope you ladies like turned up the dial as you like, listen to that <laughs> advice because it's so true. And because I think as women, we see like the best in everyone. We see the potential. We like totally romanticize oh about it a little bit. And we're just like, but I just know that I can bring this out of them. You know, you, you, it's, we get, we sometimes can get caught in that because we really do see the best. We do. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we, as women have. Oh, totally. That, that we have this thing, uh, this thing in us, maybe it's our nurturing our mother thing, but like, I see that this person had such a huge, huge heart and was just such a wounded soul that I knew as soon as he was, the walls went down he was just going to be the biggest, yummiest, yummy love. And, but he just can't, at least not right now. He can't do it right now. I don't want to say he's going to be like that forever. I hope he, I hope he changes and, and maybe it's not with me, but I hope he finds that inner peace and love and gets rid of the guilt and the shame and the, his past, Mm. you know, I, I, you can only say to someone so much, let go of your past, like, look here. I'm right here. Like, why would you not, if that didn't work, what did you learn? And why aren't you trying to make this, if this is working effortlessly, why can't you allow it to work? Right. Instead of feeling guilty that because of what he and I had, that he felt like he, he felt guilty that he didn't give that to the ex-wife. And I think that is for him. He feels like well, I got divorced. I've done all this work. And now Christina gets all this, but it's not fair that I was with this person for a million years and she didn't get it. Mm. So I think sometimes people, as much as they can be together a really long time, doesn't mean they need to be together forever. And it's not a healthy thing or a happy thing. And then right. you meet someone else that makes you happy. Well, be grateful you have it and don't lose it. I think because I've had so much loss, I'm just like, stop wasting time. You don't have forever here. You don't know how long you have. And that's why, honestly, I do live each day. I tell everyone that comes walking in my path, love you, have a great day. Everyone, you know, it just doesn't even matter who. I don't want anyone to ever feel that they weren't loved. Mm. And I, I can't, I know I'm exhausting. I know I'm exhausting to my kids sometimes because, you know, my kids are older now, but I still text them and call them every day. And they're like, mom, get a life. Let us lead ours. You did your job, move on. Mm. And I'm like, my mommy switch doesn't go off. And it's kind of the same thing with the guy. My love switch doesn't go off. I wish it could, because it would be a lot less painful, you know? Right. Right. It would be great if you could just go, okay, I'm not with this person anymore. 
I don't love them. I don't think about them. I don't care anymore. It's just, oh, it's a blessing and a curse. Don't you think? Oh, totally. And I think it can be, and I think it's, that's like why exes are uh, a thing too, with, especially as a single woman and you had some kind of connection with the, with an ex, there are moments where she's lonely and she's needing companionship and she's needing, and she's remembering, you know, and reminiscing about the relationship that she had. And so it's really easy to allow that to continue to be a part of your life. And it's not easy to shut off. It's not, especially if you have a very, uh, strong connection with that person, even though, you know, that they're probably not good for you, you know, that they're probably not your person, but there is that part of you. That's like, what if, what if, what if he changes me? I, I think with me, I don't know how to love someone a tiny bit. I don't, I love with every speck of my being, whether it's my friends, my kids, my guy, it's just, I love that of me, but then some, it's can be very painful as well. When it's not working, it's very hard when you love so big because you hurt so big then. You do. Well, it's vulnerability, right? Yeah. When you love so much, you're really putting yourself out there. And that makes sense for you because all of the amounts of grief that you've had, you realize, just like you said, like to circle back to, mm-hmm when you were talking about how to seize the moment, to be in the moment or to really like honor and, 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 and really be present with the person and make sure to tell them that you love them because you never know. Cause everyone dies. Right. So it makes sense that you love big because we never know. We don't know. And it's so funny. People think they have just so much time and it's, Yes, maybe you do. Maybe you have a hundred years, but maybe you have one more day. And if you had one more day, what are you going to do with that one more day? Okay. That sounds like a country song, doesn't it? <laughs> the Tim McGraw song. What do you live like you're dying? Right. Right. But it's true. You, it's I, I, so really true. That. I feel that you should live like you're dying. You really should live every day and be happy and laugh and love and be the best you can be. And do what may, you know, segueing into your work, do, if you love your job, that's so great. And if you don't figure out what else you want to do and go do it, I get so frustrated hearing people complaining about their job, complaining about their relationship, complaining about their, you know, where they live and everything. It's like, then do something. If something's not working, do something else. And if that doesn't work, do change it again. You just keep, I'm not saying to give up on things in one second, but you have to at least go in a direction that's productive and positive and, you know, find what brings you joy. And I've told my kids that so many times, figure out what you would do if you weren't getting paid. You loved it so much. You wouldn't care if you got paid and then figure out how to get paid. So my daughters have both done that. My daughter Rose went to NYU film school and she is a screenwriter in LA and she loves her job. She, that girl works seven days a week. Melania started, she went to Central St. Martin's in London and she is a couture designer and she started her own line. And I'm so proud of my kids. You know, Nikolai is like self-taught in piano, guitar, uh, drums, and he's studying music in school. He changed, he was studying engineering and then he's like, you know, it's not making me happy. And so he shifted into doing something in music. And I think that's great. 
if it being happy in what you do is vital. I mean, I can just tell from our short conversation that you love your work. You wake up and you're like, oh, goody, I get to do an interview. To, you know, I'm working right. today. Right. And I that's feel right. like that's true. Yeah. I love if I have a photo shoot. I love it. I'm so like my agents call and they always laugh. Like they'll call and I'll go, yes. They're like, you don't even know what I what we want. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yes, I'll do it. And so yes. And then when I'm working on my company, that makes me happy. Uh, my business partner and I, we, he's like, he's my work husband. I love him so much. And, and I love working with him. And when we have a you know call or we have meetings, it's, it's great. So I really think being happy and enjoying everything you're doing is going to bring more joy in everything in your life. And looking at the world through, sorry, I'm going to work at the world through rose-colored glasses, even if it's not sometimes. There's, you can choose to be happy. I think you can choose to be happy. And I think you can look at everything as a blessing. Sometimes we feel like things are happening, you know, like the thing with my guy, I feel like I normally would be thinking, why is this happening to me? Well, I actually have to kind of think maybe this is happening for me. Maybe this is really what needs to be. And maybe I need to move on. And Mm -hmm. so that's my, I'm thinking differently now than I would have thought three or four years ago. Right. And you don't want to settle for mediocrity. I mean, I want someone to love me as much as I love them. And if they don't, well, you know, piss off. I'm, you know, there's going to be someone out there that does. That's right. My brother said the nicest thing to me. He's like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, keep going. My brother said to me one day, I was telling him I was having these boy problems. And he's just like, Oh God, he goes, you know, I don't get it. You're so easy to love. Like you're just so easy. You're the most beautiful heart. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, I can tell that just by this very short amount of time of getting to know you. Thank you. Like, I mean, if I was your coach, I would advise you that, yeah, that this guy doesn't really deserve you, that you deserve a lot more than what you're getting. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Yeah. I think that we're, I think some people are afraid of truly being happy. I think that when people are in these relationships or in these jobs to where they're constantly complaining, it becomes their identity. It becomes how they attract, like it, it literally becomes the thing that they're known for. And so if every, all of that is navigated through fear and it's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary to find a passion that you're really something that you really love to do. It's much easier to work in a cube. It's much easier to just settle for the bare minimum. It's, you know, when we're demanding more of ourselves, that can be a hard space to be in and goes with jobs. It goes with dating. It goes with relationships. Understanding our worth is really what it all comes down to and understanding that we're deserving of more than what we are providing to ourselves. Just like you said, like if we want more out of life with anything, it doesn't matter how much I tell you to do it. It doesn't matter how much somebody else tells you to do it. You are, you are the person that has to decide, okay, I'm ready. I think it's, I deserve more. It's interesting. And sometimes you have to figure out what is it that you can, someone can tell you this over and over, but then something, someone like you right now says this to me and I'm like, it really like you finally get it's it's weird when the light bulb finally goes off right yes I think, I think for me I clearly have abandonment issues um and I yeah you know I and understandable I, so I mean look right? what you've been through I yes know. 
I know. And, 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 and I think also like, you know, I don't want to, I'm tired of being alone. I don't want to be alone. And so to right. me, at least having him part of the time is because when we are together, it's great, but it's not enough, I, you know? Mm. And, and he even says that he goes, it makes me feel horrible not giving you all that you deserve, it makes me even feel like a worse of a person. And I'm like, well, then step forward and do it, <laughs> you know? Right. But you can't, if that person's not ready or unwilling, what can you do? You can only try so much. And at least I feel with that relationship, I really gave it 150 million percent. I really oh, did. Probably more. Probably, probably more. more. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I, I, I can yeah. move on and go, you know what? The next, maybe that was just the person that was meant to help heal my heart from my husband. And maybe now it's time for me to find my real person who's going to be able to love me as much as I love them. So I yeah, think and I, it, it takes time though, because, you know, oh, it's, it's yeah. just, it's again, I know I've said this earlier, but you just can't turn off a switch of loving someone. And then you feel like, oh my God, you worry are, you know, that they're going to be, that you feel badly for them. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel badly like, oh God, that person, I know that my person is going to be really miserable without me. I know it. He just, and he knows it, but he doesn't, it's going to take him a while to really realize that, you know, I, I, I lost her. And he right. even said that to me, if I lose you, the most perfect thing that I've been presented with in my life, then shame on me. But I, you know, I can't do any more than I'm doing right now. And so I have to listen to that as much yeah. as I, as I mean, he's basically telling you that he doesn't want to be happy. That's right. He doesn't want to be happy. Yeah. Cause that's his guilt and his shame and his, this story, this identity that he has put upon himself. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I, I always tell women, they're like, what does he mean by that? I'm like, just listen to his words they're telling you exactly how they, how they feel. And I think that as women, again, we really want to see the best. We see the potential. We're like, Oh, but you didn't mean it. Right. <laughs> I, I, I know you said that, but you don't mean it. I know you love right. me. I'm head. Let's go have right. dinner. Right. I, or how about this one? I don't accept your resignation. I think I told him that too. I don't you accept did. this. <laughs> Christina. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, and like I think you bring, up a, you, you bring up a really good point though, because a lot of women find themselves in that position though. They find themselves in that position where they're like, well, at least this is better than nothing. I know. And that's not true, but you know, I do feel like even for me saying that I feel good that I did because my pattern in the past had been anytime I didn't like how he behaved, I would, you took off. yeah, I took off. And so this time I didn't. So That's I really so feel really good about not bolting and, and, and trying and doing everything I can. So if it wasn't meant to be my right person, I know is looking for me. I'm sure he is. He's out there looking for me. And, yeah. You know, my mom you know, used to say, just be patient. He's still cooking. He's still cooking when it's like a crock pot. <laughs> she used to say, he's still, he's oh, out cooker? there. He's still cooking for you. I'm like, okay. Oh, God. You're like yeah. chop. Let's microwave this. I'm like, I don't feel like waiting anymore. Oh this is gosh. dumb. This is dumb. I, I wish we were sitting with wine. Like instead of water with minerals in it and, and citric acid. Yeah. That's yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you're amazing. Um, but I think you bring up a really good point though, because I feel women, like you do get to a point where you you are lonely. And so like, you're just like, well, something does come along your way. And I think what you say is so important that it's, it's okay to say yes to that because you know that you're going to, whatever's going to come of that, it's going to be an amazing learning opportunity for you versus the doom and gloom of, oh, well, this didn't work again. And I'm, you know, or categorizing. And this, this is something that I constantly am working on with everyone, both men and women is all women are this way or all men are this way. And I'm like, stop that. That's no, just, that's not true. And I don't think it's I don't, not I true. That, no, I don't. I think that's, I don't like when people generalize about, oh, you know, women are all like that. No. And I, I'm like, you know, I'm not all women. I'm different. I'm me. And I, right. And I also feel that I think it's important for people to feel like they've really given their all into a relationship. Have you been the too. best? Have you been the best that you can be? Have you changed some behaviors that you did in the past? So I think for me, this was an incredible learning experience. Yes. This person. And um, I know that the person that is my person is going to want to sit and talk on the phone with me for five hours at a time. Yeah. I know that. And, yes. you know, maybe I've met him. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. So I think, I think it's really great to be open to learning mm-hmm. and kind of have some goals set of as to what it is that, you know, are behavioral patterns that need to be changed mm-hmm. and work on those. And mm-hmm. I totally did. And I continue to do that. I, I yeah, you sit no, with your feelings. Yeah, instead and, of and, avoiding and running, right? You're like, okay, well, nope, I'm going to sit with this and figure this out. I think, you know, feeling pain. You know, it's so funny. People go, don't want to deal with their grief. Right. Um, they don't want to go through it because it is painful. I went to a grief camp at Canyon Ranch, and it was not fun. My girlfriend Eva took me. Does not sound fun. It was. I, she told me we we're going to the spa, and she lied. Uh, went to grief camp. And it was like, the first class was betrayal, then grief dealing with this. And it was horrible, but so great. Like I was a total mess when I got there. And by the end of the weekend, I really was able to process things a little better and kind of figure out how I was going to move forward with life and at least have some tools. I read this, the woman that was doing the grief camp uh, was Rabbi Sherry Hirsch. And she had written a really great book called We Plan and God Laughs. And that was kind of my life. I had this plan. My life was perfect. I had like the amazing job. My kids were great. My ex-husband was great. My husband was like my big love. Everything was great. And then everything in one second sucked, like just next mm-hmm. level poop. And so I have had to, you know, I have learned that life is waves. And things are going to change. Nothing is ever going to stay the same. And I can promise that's one thing I can guarantee you in life. Everything's going to change all the time. You have to learn to change with it. You have to learn to move forward. You have to learn to learn from your mistakes, move forward, and be the best you can be every day. And so I've learned to ride these waves a little better than I had before. Before it was like, you know, when my son died, I was taking sleeping pills to just numb myself to function. And that was a waste of time. I mean, it didn't do it for long. I was, I was, you know, a drug addict for 30 days, but, um, long enough. 
Yeah, it was like 30. Okay, back on the green juice and going to yoga. And, yes. And so uh, I was like, okay, I, I tried I, that. I, didn't failed it. I failed in drug addiction. <laughs> I was a failure there, but that's okay. It was probably a good thing. That was one thing that I could say I failed at. Thank God. Um, um, so I just feel that even if you don't deal with grieving and pain, it's going to be there. And it just keeps, it's like a zit that keeps growing and growing and growing. Right. And if you don't deal with it, you know, you're going to pop it as soon as you can really deal with it and, and kind of go through the pain of it. There is light at the end of the tunnel because, you know, I, because I went through all of that pain and stuff, I did find this person that I've had for two and a half years that meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that I had that See, So now I'm able to say that I'm grateful that I had that two and a half years with him, but you know, it's probably not going to move forward, unfortunately, but the right person maybe is stepping in at any second, or maybe he has already, you know, I don't know, but I just think it's, it's important. It's important to just deal with things. And I don't know, I get very frustrated again, like what we were talking about earlier. Oh, I'm so sad about my, and I don't want to be that old lady with a black veil on my head. Oh yeah. No, like, well, like that's not, that's not honor. If you think about it, do you really think your loved one wants to look down on you? Miserable, not being productive, not being happy with a black veil on your head, you know, getting fat, taking pills, drinking. And and like that, how I would look down and be like, what the actual fuck are you doing? Nothing. Like, did I mean nothing? (laughs) This is what you've become. I can just, it's so funny. My husband's uh, doubles partner, Rob Seguso. He's like, he makes jokes that he inherited me from Ken. He's like, people have asked him, oh, what did, what did Ken leave you? And he goes, a a wife that I don't have sex with. (laughs) And so, um, He's, but you know what? He called me one day and he's like, you know what? Ken married you because you were exceptional. Start acting like it. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, okay. I'm like, thank you, husband. You're right. He's like, yeah. Wow. Start acting like it. And I was like, okay, you're scary. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And like, what a great compliment, but also like, sometimes you need someone to kind of bang you on the head. Like oh when, yeah. That's, I feel like that that's a part of like a majority of what I do with my clients. <laughs> Bang. Just yeah. be like, yeah. Reminding them. That's yeah, exactly it just, right. You know, but at some point it's like, okay, do you want to keep repeating this feeling sorry for yourself right. and repeating the cycle over and over? It's like, no one wants to hear this anymore. It's really getting boring. Make a change, making a change. It kind of liberates you. If you just tell yourself like, okay, I'm going to step in this direction now. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. It's the first little step. That's the hardest. But if you just tell, there's no failing, you know, I, I just, I did an interview the other day and they were saying, well, what if people are afraid to become, you know, start their own business? And I said, I would be more afraid of not. Yes. Me, Right. I would be way more afraid of not trying. I would be way more afraid. That to me is not trying is failing. Right. The end. Like that's just it. And so, you know, I did try with that guy, but I tried. And so, and you tried your best. I tried my best and I feel really good about it. And so now with this next person, I can go in there with an open heart and go, you know what? I learned a lot. And I, I, you, my dear friend, get to get even better version of me. You're getting like, I'm at a new level of, of, of me. That's so much better and stronger and open and healed so I think that's a great thing that you can go into a relationship feeling like, 
wow, I am the best version of me or the, a better version of me than I was two or three years ago. Yeah. Because you've not to like, but because you've done the work, I mean, you feel, right. you feel the feels you stopped bolting, you stopped, you really were able to sit with yourself and to rebuild that relationship with you. Right. Right. It's true. So it's, it's, it's really great to feel like, wow, to be optimistic about, okay, I'm sad that that thing didn't, that relationship didn't work out, but you know what? I'm going to be open to when the universe decides to plop the right person in front of me. And it may just happen out of nowhere or, it, you know, who knows how it happens. You know, someone might give you a call and you end up being on the phone for two and a half hours. And you're like, wait, how did that happen? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so oh it's, gosh. it's interesting. It just, it's going to happen. We have no control over what the, the universe definitely has a plan and we just have to be like open to it. And, and sometimes it is hard to sit still and wait. Like, I don't want to wait, Ugh. pay me attention, somebody, but microwave. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Microwave. Yeah. I want microwave. I want microwave popcorn. I'm tired of this slow cooker, this crock pot that takes, you know, 50 hours. Ugh. Right. I know it's like, it is convenient sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, I think, you know, so it's going to be four years since my husband died. Mm. And when I look back at like year one, year two, year three, and now year four, I am in such a different emotional place than I was after the first year. Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't healed. I wasn't, and I've grown so much and it's, you know, it's so interesting. I did this uh, radio show with this, these two psychologists in Los Angeles, and we were talking about post-traumatic shock. And the, the woman said to me, she goes, you know what you've had? You've had post-traumatic growth. And I thought, wow, that is such a cool thing wow. to say. Like yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Cause I have, like, if you think about it, I mean, I had to, like when my son passed or my mother or my business partner, you know, Ken, it is. I've, I've had to, you know, be, and I think it was because of the love I have for my children that I don't want them to see me, you know, miserable and unhappy because I don't want them. I love my kids so much. I don't want them to be unhappy. And my daughter Rose had said to me, you know, mom, you have dealt with all this stuff with such grace and dignity. And, you know, you, you, you really show what a woman should be full of love and light all the time. And I just thought, wow, God, I'm so grateful that my kids see that. It's not like I was trying to, it wasn't like I was expecting them to say that or notice it, but I, I, I think it does feel that my son, Nikolai had said to me, he was making jokes one day about his siblings and his dad and saying like, oh, that one's this and that one's that. And I said, oh boy, what am I? And he's like, oh mom, you're just love. You just ooze it. You're just, all you do is give us love. And I thought, wow. I really, if, if, if I, that was like what that aha mommy moment that oh, I made me feel so good that my kids feel so loved. My daughter one time had said to me, you know, mom, it was in a birthday card, mom, you know, the best part of you is that if you, if I, if someone is mean to me or I don't like them, that you will hate them with every speck of your being. And, <laughs> and, you know, like you will protect me. And I'm glad they know that. I'm glad they know that I will come in and like be Stalin's great, great granddaughter as Ken used to call me. So um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great that my kids know that, that they, they are so loved. Absolutely. 
I think well, that's I, when you feel like you've succeeded as a mother. Agreed. Well, and I think what's important for you, for your journey too, is that you're also giving yourself the love that you deserve, which can be a, a huge struggle for a lot of women. So I think that that's, you're giving yeah, your and, own blessing to yourself. Yeah. I think like just from this conversation that we've had today, I hope that your listeners like give themselves this Valentine's weekend, yeah. go find your love, be open. Don't be scared, be scared being alone or that you're fa you're failing. If you're not trying, don't yeah. give up and you will find that person. You just have to be open and, and have faith and be your best. You know, when you're the best version of you, the right guy's going to come around because he's going to be his right version. And it's like, like for like, you know, the, your lights will find each other. And, and yeah. I know that, that, that will happen. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, it has been such an amazing oh my gosh, Christina. I have had I so thank you for this therapy session. I never <laughs> talk about my personal life and oh boy, did I today. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, I, I just got goosebumps. What an honor. Well, thank you so oh, much. Thank Is there, you. Do you, um, how can our audience find you if they want to know more about you? Okay. Well, you can go to christinaflack.com to see my portfolio. Of course, please go to prettygirlmakeup.com and buy some lip gloss. Uh, we are offering a discount code of 25% with the code uh, pretty girl, all in word. Um, we're on Instagram, Christina Flack Makeup and Pretty Girl Makeup, P-R-E-T-T-Y-G-I-R-L-M-K-U-P. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're all over the place. So Pinterest, awesome. come find well, I'll us. make sure I'll come put all your links in the show notes. So that way all Great. they have to do is click out to see you. And thank, thank you. you again for being here. It's been such an honor. That's, oh, it's completely mine. Thank you. Thank you. All right, gorgeous. What did you think? A huge hug of appreciation to Christina Flock. Okay, truth be told, her and I talked for like another 45 minutes after we were done with the interview. As soon as I stopped it, we talked for another 45 minutes. We exchanged phone numbers. I told you, I told you when we started that you just know when you have a connection with someone. And I'm just extremely honored that she decided to spend some of her precious time with all of us today. So huge thank you to Christina. You can make sure I will put all of her links in the show notes. All you have to do is scroll down and just click away. So I'll make sure and put all of that down below. And if you're watching on YouTube, what's up girl? Hey, 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 make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and click the bell. So every time a brand new episode is uploaded, that you are the first to know. And if you are listening on Spotify or Apple, I would love it if you would, uh, you know, subscribe and rate and review this episode because I always love to hear from you. And if you are on Instagram or Facebook, you know where I'm at. Come and follow me at Kat Cantrell. All right, my love, let go of the fear. Put yourself out there. Believe enough in yourself because she said it. She knows that love's out there waiting for her. And as you know, as I end every episode, remember true love is waiting for you and I will see you next time.